In microcosm, contingency, uncertainty, and luck, both good and bad, play much larger roles than we might like to acknowledge. We think of the commander-in-chief as presiding over a vast and sophisticated communication system, but on the afternoon of December 7, 1941, intelligence was scarce and difficult to obtain. How big was the Japanese force? How much damage did it inflict? Did the U.S. Navy, which FDR believed was on full alert, anticipate the attack and manage to repel the invaders? Initially, military officials in Hawaii were reluctant to give details of the damage assessment, even to the president, because they could not find a secure line and worried about Japanese eavesdropping. Much of the information they did provide, that some of the planes had swastikas painted on them, for example, would later be proved false. It is against this backdrop of confusion and chaos that FDR's leadership must be judged. FDR was forced to make every major decision based on instinct and his own strategic sense of right and wrong. There were no instant surveys to guide his actions, no 24-hour television coverage offering him a glimpse into the national mood. Making matters worse, the president's advisors were anxious and divided. Although he lacked accurate information, Roosevelt exercised enormous power in the hours and days that followed the attack. While the entire nation looked to the White House for leadership, partisan differences disappeared, and former isolationists began clamoring for war. Roosevelt exercised nearly complete control over the flow of information. With the exception of a few radio reports that made it to the mainland, there was little or no independent information about events in Hawaii. All the major news outlets rushed to the White House to find out what had happened. As Newsweek reported that week, the White House was the only funnel for information. One of the extraordinary aspects of the hours after Pearl Harbor was Roosevelt's ability to manage the news in the wake of the attack. Unlike the Kennedy assassination or the terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001, when television spread the word around the country and the globe within minutes, news about Pearl Harbor spread slowly, trickling out over the radio in the afternoon. The attack took place during the traditional Sunday dinner hour on the East Coast and in the Midwest, which meant that most people did not have their radios on. The unseasonably warm weather across the nation drove many people outside and away from their radios for picnics and other activities. It was not until later in the afternoon, when the extra editions of daily newspapers hit the streets with their screaming headlines, that the entire nation learned of the assault. Nonetheless, FDR was still able to deceive the public and Congress about the extent of the carnage, Although the president had detailed damage and casualty reports by the end of the day, he refused to release them, not only to the press, but also to lawmakers in Washington. He deliberately downplayed the effectiveness of the Japanese attack when he met with a bipartisan group of congressional leaders on the evening of December 7. There were good reasons for FDR to be deceptive. He worried that if the Japanese realized what a devastating blow they had delivered, they would launch a land assault against Hawaii. He also needed to maintain public morale and feared details of the devastation could panic the American people. Based on comments he made that evening, it seems that FDR also worried that the public would blame him for the disaster, undermining his authority 
when he needed it most to rally the nation behind him. It is revealing that Roosevelt's successful leadership depended on a level of deception that would be unacceptable by today's standards. There is, however, no evidence that FDR deceived lawmakers or the American public about a critical and much-contested point surrounding the Pearl Harbor attack, the fact that it came as a surprise. The public's fascination with conspiracy theories has distorted much of the writing about Pearl Harbor. The conspiracy theories popped up even before the war was over, with the appearance of John Flynn's self-published The Truth About Pearl Harbor, and they have continued up to the present, with the 1999 release of Robert B. Stinnett's Day of Deceit. Most of these books focus on a single question. Did FDR use the attack on Pearl Harbor as a backdoor to war? In other words, was FDR the mastermind behind a massive government conspiracy to push a...